Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I was about to say a whole nother platform. I'm on a lot of things, so bear with me. Um, then welcome back to the podcast. I thank you guys for tuning in to my followers on Instagram and on Facebook Live. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast on, hi, hi, Mom Tracy. My pastor is watching on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we have some listeners that listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also Spotify and Anchor. So if you want to listen to the podcast, you can do so. And please follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook and on Instagram if you want to keep up with any updates with the podcast or any events that we'll have once COVID is, you know, done and over with. So glory be to God. I thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're going to briefly go over last week's, um, yes, mom, (laughs) we're going to briefly go over last week's podcast, which was purged. But before we do that, let's invite the Holy Spirit in because we don't want to do anything with his um, presence and without his, um, his direction. So Holy Spirit, God, we just thank you, God, for who you are, who you continue to be in our lives, Father. God, I thank you, Father God, for just truly having your way, for having your way, oh God. I thank you, Father God, that in spite of what may have taken place, that, Father God, any delay, God, anything that is not like you, Father, I come against it right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you move heavily, God, throughout this podcast, Father, that somebody's life will be changed, and God, that somebody will be set free in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. I thank you, Father God, that somebody will be saved, set free, and delivered. In Jesus' awesome name I pray, amen. All right, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Let's briefly talk about last week's podcast. Our topic was purge. Our topic was purge. And if you didn't get a chance to watch it last week, it was powerful. And we basically were talking about the benefits of purge because when you think about purge, we think about the movie purge, right? We think about how, you know, even during Halloween, a lot of people talk about, oh, we're going to do a purge and purge is like singing, killing off, you know, a massive amount of people. But Purge is actually meant for good, meaning uh, talking about a cleansing, talking about cleansing your spirit, man, making sure that you are upright and standing with God. And so we talked about some of those benefits. And if you didn't get a chance to see last week's um, podcast, make sure you go to, again, I Am Imperfectly Perfect's Facebook page, and you can watch the last, last week's podcast. So let's get into tonight's topic. I I have a lot to cover and I don't want to delay any further. So tonight, what is our topic for tonight? Our topic for tonight is going, going through the motions, going through the motions. Give me a second while I put it up here. Here we go. Going through the motions. And I was like, wow, God, I love when God downloads the topic into my spirit because he simply would just give me a word or a phrase. And then I know, have a knowing in my spirit that this is something that God wants me to dive more into so they can give me a better understanding of what it is that he wants me to teach you guys or just to relay a message because, you know, I'm just like you guys. I'm just a messenger of God. And um, I love, I love God's word and I love when I get a better understanding. So whatever God shares with me, I just want to share with you guys. So Going with going through the motions, and it's really it's been really heavy on my heart, and I've been talking to my sisters uh, about it. That in the body of Christ, it's a lot of people that are literally going through the motions. They 
they look the part. They send, they they talk the part. They they do all the things that it seems like you're supposed to do, but are they really surrendered? Are they really being set apart? Or are they just doing these things to quote unquote get into heaven? Quote unquote get into heaven. Because it's like nobody <laughs> you just need to have a knowing your spirit. A lot of times people think that just because you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that that's all that you have to do. That oh yeah, I'm saved. But there's more to it than making that in making that commitment, making or even reciting that prayer. There's more to it because Christianity is a lifestyle. Having a relationship with Christ is a lifestyle. So you can't just say the salvation prayer and then expect expect you yourself to just not have to do anything else after that for you to not have any commitment for you to not have any change for you to not have a change of posture, a change of behavior. And a lot of times people, they just say, oh, okay, I, did, I, I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you don't see the fruits of their labor. You don't see the change. You don't see them actually taking heed to God's instructions. You don't see them even changing the way they talk. You don't see, see them changing who they hang around. They're going through the motions. So let's break down the word motions and through. It was those two specific words that God wanted me to break down for you guys to get a better understanding of where God is leading me tonight. So motion. Motion means a bodily movement or change of posture, or in other words, gesture. Again, motion is a bodily movement or change of posture or in simpler terms, a gesture. So when God, when God requires, God requires movement, they require movement is also a um, simpler term is talking about growth. And in your relationship with Christ, there shall always be constant growth, constant growth. But the thing is, and we're gonna break down through in a second. The thing is, is that when you're going through the motion, it looks like and appears that you're growing, but you're not going anywhere. You're at the same place that you was when you first accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You look like it. You may sound like it to some people. And you may sound like it to some people because maybe they're going through the motions too. So that, oh, they're anointed and they're this and they that. And listen, I'm not coming at nobody because, listen, I've been there. I've done that. I went through the motions. I, I've literally, I'm writing a book on it. So I'm not coming at nobody's neck. I'm literally just sharing with you what God has shared with me. And a lot of, we have been so comfortable with looking the part. But are we actually walking the walk or actually talking the talk? Are we living the this life the way God has created for us to live it? Or is our concentration to please man and not God? We have to check ourselves. So what does through mean? Through means continuing without requiring stops or changes. My God. I said, God, because I'm like, okay, Lord, how do I explain this? Because how do I really explain this, this situation? 
Through means continuing without requiring stops or changes. So if God is requiring movement in our lives, if God is requiring growth, right? Because again, we said motion is a bodily movement or change of posture, changing positions. God, when you are growing in Christ, he's going to constantly require you to change your posture, to change your position. Because each position requires something different. But if you're going through the motions, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're going through the motions, through means continuing without requiring stops or changes. I mean, (laughs) yo, like continuing without requiring stops or changes. God requires for us to change all the time, right? He requires for us to have growth all the time. But if we're going through the motions, that means that we're we're continuing without changing. We're going through life without changing. We're going through life without changing our atmosphere, without changing our behavior, without changing the way we do things. We're going through the motions. I said, wow, God. Like I, the thirst of knowledge is just, yeah. That is all the way me. But I said, this is this is how it's possible to look the part and to stand the part because the person that's going through the motions is the person, mm, help me, Holy Spirit, the person that may be leading the praise and worship team, singing every Sunday, but living a life of sin, living a, a double life. Well, how about me? I'll speak on my behalf because I don't want nobody thinking that I'm judging them because I lived a life where I was on the dance ministry. I was on the dance ministry, but yet I was still living a double life, still hanging out, still drinking, still partying. I was going through what? The motions, appearing to be growing still because, ah, thank you, Holy Spirit, because gifts and talents are given without repentance. So a lot of times the enemy tries to fool us into thinking that, oh, you're still anointed. You still have this gift of dance. You still have this gift to sing. You still have this, you know, this teaching gift, all these things. Listen, gifts and talents are given to us without repentance, meaning that we can, we can be living this whole double life and not even never repent to God and God will still use us, right? But when we see Jesus Christ, we have to answer. We have to answer for us not living a surrender life, for us living a double life. Because when you're double-minded, when you're double-minded, it means you're unsteady. You're not, you're not at, a, at a safe place. It means that any given moment that God, and also when you are unsteady, that means that you can't be trusted by God. How can God trust you that one minute you say, Lord, I love you, and the next minute you're in the love, the love of the world, you're in the love of worldly things? I'm getting completely ahead of myself, but I'm allowed the Holy Spirit to have his way. We have to be set apart. We can't keep going through the motions. We can't keep, you know, God requiring for us to change, God requiring for us to do more for him. And we're not even, you know, going through things without even changing, without even considering change. 
And a lot of times we have allowed the enemy to convince us that we're good, that we don't need to change. Why? Because we, again, because we're gifted, because we're talented, and we think that just because we're gifted and talented that we are anointed. But last time I checked, King Saul, he was still the king, but he had lost his anointing. Why? Because he, yes, Rabbi, because he was not obedient to God. God gave him specific instructions. And when he did not follow God, God appointed David to be king, even though David, whew, even though David, it took him a while to actually be um, active in that office of king. But God had already took the anointing away from King Saul and anointed David to be king. But Saul was still, still the king for years, 40 plus years. After the anointing was taken from him. See, he still had the gift. He still had the authority, but no anointing. Why? Because he was disobedient to God. That's what we have to understand because the enemy will come in and try to deceive us into thinking that we're good. Why? Because he had that mindset. So, of course, he's going to come in and try to, you know, convince us that we're all good because the enemy was Satan. Lucifer, which is his name, Lucifer, he was the head angel, the minister of music in heaven. I mean, he was bad. To be able to create the atmosphere in heaven with instruments and psalms and, and just, my God. But his problem was his focus, he wanted to focus on himself. And when the focus wasn't coming on him, hmm, then he started trying to be like God. And God wasn't having it, so he kicked him out. So now the enemy's trying to come to steal, kill, and destroy by any way possible in our lives. But we're so <laughs> we're so blinded by his tactics. Blinded by his tactics. That's why we have to be careful about what we read. We have to be careful about what we listen to. We have to be careful who we listen to. Convincing us that it's okay to live a life of sin. Convincing us that it's okay. And listen, you can believe what you want to believe. And some people say, oh, it's okay to drink. Okay, and the word of God, yes, it says do not get drunk. And, they say, and a lot of people say, oh, well, if I don't get drunk, then I'm good. But what is not even, it's not, it's not just about getting drunk, okay? How is it looking to other people? If you are not set apart, if you are looking like them, if you're drinking with unbelievers, then why would they even want to accept the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that you serve, if you are doing the same thing like them. Come on, y'all. We, we got we to gotta stop, you know, making excuses. We got to stop saying, oh, okay, this is good. And I'm, listen, no. We got to stop. And that's why I had to come with that when I made that decision because, huh, my God, like, 
I was I was fooled into thinking that I was good because I was like, okay, I can still dance, I can still go out on Saturday night and still be like, okay, Lord, I'm I'm hanging out, but Lord, I'm still gonna wake up because back then we said that, and it's crazy because back then we said to be at the church at seven o'clock in the morning for eight o'clock service, and I do it now, you know, at the River Church, and I would get up and just finish probably just got in the house at three o'clock in the morning. And I mean, I know it probably stink in God's nostrils for me to be sitting up there dancing for his quote unquote glory when I just was worshiping the things of the enemy then literally hours before. Literally hours before. But we don't take consideration of how how it looks to God. Why? Because we're trying to please ourselves. We're trying to please man and not God. Who is Jesus? Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we know going through the motions is basically you are appearing to grow, but not making no changes. Going through the motions basically means you're appearing to grow but not making no changes at all. So what's some signs that you're going through the motions? Let's talk about that. Number one, you have little to no prayer life. You have little to no prayer life. And why is prayer important? Because prayer is our communication with God. Prayer is the way we talk to him. When we get up in the morning, first thing we need to do is ask God, how are you doing? Lord, I love you. God, thank you for waking me up another day. God, thank you for breathing life into my body. This is our communication with him because he didn't have to give us another day. He didn't have to, to, to love on us. He didn't have to protect us. He didn't have to provide for us. It's our communication with him. It, sometimes it requires for us to, to go into deep intercession. And there are a lot of times where you can be at the grocery store and you can just say, Lord, I love you. Or Lord, direct me, direct my path in the store. Maybe God is talking to you and he may lead you to, to be a blessing to somebody. But if you don't have communication with him, how would you even know which way to go? How would you know? A lot of times I know for me, when I was in the lifestyle of sin, I didn't want to pray. Why? Because I knew if I prayed, I was going to hear God's voice. I knew that if, if I prayed, that God was going to be, because for one, God was already speaking to me, period, trying to get me to get back on a straight and narrow path. So I know that if I, anytime I prayed, God was like, all right, I got your attention. And he was, he was like, listen, I got your attention and let's get right. So I wasn't trying to hear it. So if you have little to no prayer life, that's a clear indication that you are going through the motions. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, verse 40 through 46. <clears throat> and I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. 22, verse 40 through 46. The Amplified Version, it says, when he arrived at the place called Gethsemane, this is Jesus' journey right here. He said to them, pray continually that you may not fall into temptation. Jesus was talking to his disciples. 
And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me. Yet not my will, but always your will, yours be done. Excuse me. Now an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him and being in an agony, deeply distressed and anguished, almost to the point of death. He prayed more intently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not fall into temptation. My God. So you see in this, I was like, God, why are you taking me this route in the scripture? It's because the disciples who are followers, disciple means a follower of Jesus. The disciples during this time were following Jesus and with him every single day. Every single day. So they, they watched Jesus. They saw the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus did. I mean, they had they had the first row seats with the, the greatest story of Jesus Christ. But yet and still, when Jesus told them to pray, they were they were found sleeping. They were found sleeping. This is not the first time I can get into right now, but this is not the first time that the disciples were caught slipping. Sleeping when they should be praying. And why did Jesus tell him? He said, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not fall into temptation because we have to be careful because the enemy is coming to seek whomever he can devour. This is why it's important for us to have a daily prayer life because listen, every day brings on more, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brings on more tests and trials. Every day is something different. So we can't say, oh, I prayed Sunday and expected to hold us over to Friday. Because you never know which angle the enemy, anytime he catches us slipping, he come right on in. And then we're not aware because the prayer, because the, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Going back to 43, it says, now an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. This is after, this is after Jesus prayed. Because Jesus says, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me. Even though Jesus was like, God, I'm tired. But other than that, Jesus said, yet not my will, but always yours be done. And once Jesus said that, the angel came and strengthened him. So prayer is for communication. Prayer is for our strength. Prayer is to give us peace. Prayer is to give us confirmation. Prayer. Prayer through prayer. We can, oh my gosh. Prayer is so powerful. So when you lack prayer, you lack your strength, your supernatural strength that comes from what the Holy Spirit. You lack your strength to that helps you, that helps you to refrain from temptation. Yes, um, Deacon is Maxine. Oh, we gotta stay awake. They could not stay awake. <laughs> always kept slipping my god so we have to be careful if you are finding yourself because i'm not going to act like you know it's not going to be moments during your your um walk with christ that you are going to feel like 
you know, not being on, quote unquote, on saying like, if you are, you know, faithful to your church and then sometimes you just, you just like, man, I don't, I don't want to have to be in a front, man. I don't want to have to always, you know, be on time. I don't want to have to always be called on. But even in that, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even in that, going back to what Jesus said. He said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of the vine. Even when, even in moments where we say, Lord, I don't feel like doing this right now, but God, if it's your perfect will, God, I'm going to go wherever you tell me to go. God, if it's your perfect will, I'm going to teach when you tell me to teach. God, if it's your perfect will, I'm going to give when you tell me to give, even though I don't feel like it in my body, because we are not moved by what our emotions, We because emotions are temporary. Emotions are temporary because one minute you can wake up and you feel grumpy. And the next minute when you get some food in your stomach, listen, I don't know about you, but that's me. Sometimes I'm moody because I'm just hungry. <laughs> like, I'm just like keeping it real. Like sometimes you can just be moody because you are hungry. And once you get some food in your belly and then you're just like, all right, let's go. So you can't you can't go based off of your emotions because they go up and down. It's so fickle. It's so fickle. So why will we make hmm, a permanent decision based off of a temporary feeling? Why do we make permanent decisions based off a temporary feeling? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Let's go to the next point. So again, we're talking about signs that you're going through the motions. We already talked about number one is that you have little to no prayer life. Number two, you are consumed with yourself. You're consumed with yourself. In other words, you're self-centered and you're conceited. Because the word of God talks about that we need to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, meaning that we need to love people more than we love ourselves, meaning that if God is requiring for us to do something for somebody and say, say, if, you know, we got blessed with a bonus on our job and we have big plans, what we're going to do with that bonus, probably going to go on a vacation, we're going to get renovations done to our house. But then you hear the Holy Spirit telling you, no, I need you to take that money because some it's a family that has been struggling and they need that money for food and clothes and, and probably more than that. But if you are self-centered, you'd be like, I'm keeping that for myself. I don't care about them. This is why we have to be selfless. This is why we have to be selfless. Why? Because at any given moment, you never know what God is going to lead you to do. And that's a test to see if you are a lover of yourself or a lover of God. And if you are a lover of God, that means you are going to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 7 in the NIV version. Philippians chapter two. I'm in the wrong chapter. One second, y'all. Philippians chapter two, verse three through seven in the in 
Navi version, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, do not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. My God, Jesus, in my pastor's voice. <laughs> My God, God is telling us not to be selfish, but to be humble. It says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, taking other people's interests into, into um, consideration before ourselves, before ourselves. So that's a clear sign that you're going through the motions and you're not actually growing because you have lacked selflessness in your life. You're conceited. We have to be careful of that. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you so much for tuning in. Glory be to God. We have to be careful of that. Let's go to the next point. We're talking about signs that you're going through the motions. Number three. This one got me right here. I said, wow. Number three. You have memorized the word, but you don't know it. You memorize the word, but you don't know it. A couple of things that I want to touch on because I grew up, I went to a Christian school growing up. And one of my favorite things in Bible class was huh, we would learn, we learned all the books of the Bible. And then we also were challenged with learning scriptures. And so at certain points, like before our before we would have a test and, you know, we do like the reviews and everything, the teacher, they would do like um, a review game and they would say, OK, they'll pick uh, two people together and they'll say, OK, now what's the scripture? And so, you know, you have to say the scripture. And I was listen, I'm still great at that. I'm still great at memorizing things. But just because you memorize something does not mean you actually comprehend it and does not mean you actually know it. So I knew the scripture. I mean, I memorized the scripture, but did I actually know what it meant? Did I actually understand how it applied to my life? I was in a second grade learning scripture at the scripture, learning all the books of the Bible, but did I actually truly understand it or was I just learning it for competition? I'm still, I'm, I'm still a competitor. <laughs> I'm telling myself, I'm still a competitor. So I would look, I looked at it as a game. It was a game. I'm like, I want to win. So I'm going to do whatever is necessary to win. So I was learning all the scriptures I could so that I could win the game. But that wasn't beneficial to my to my Christian walk, to my relationship with Christ, to just memorize it and to not actually know it and to not actually apply it to my life. Or how about this example? How about, okay, we, we, huh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We are familiar with celebrities. We are familiar with certain people in our lives, but do we actually know them? 
Do we actually have a relationship with them? Yeah, I know. I am not. So I know of Jill Scott. But do I actually know her? Do I actually, you know, know the deep parts of her? That's the thing. We're, we're, we got uncomfortable with, with quoting scriptures. Listen, because the devil knows scriptures too. He was tempting, trying to tempt Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane with the word of God. But Jesus is like, I am the word. You can't fool me. Jesus is like, I am the word. How you want to fool me with the word? I am the word. So the devil knows scriptures. Why do, why do you think that it's just okay just to memorize it and not actually apply it to your life? Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 to 20. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And it says, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15 through 20, the Amplified Version, it says, Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial, who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. But avoid all irreverent babble and godless chatter with its profane, empty words, for it will lead to further ungodliness, and their teaching will spread like gangrene. So it is with Hymenius and Philidius who have deviated from the truth. They claim that the resurrection has already taken place and they undermine the faith of some. Nevertheless, the, the firm foundation of God, which he has laid, stands sure and unshaken despite attacks, bearing the seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord stand apart from wickedness and withdraw from wrongdoing. My God. And actually, I just stopped at um, verse uh, 19. My God. So God is saying we have to know his word because if we don't know his word, we can easily be distracted. We can easily be persuaded. By false teachings, by babble, by words of ungodliness, we can be, you know, fooled by false teaching. But if we actually study the word for ourselves, if we actually study the word for ourselves, then, huh, my God, we won't have, we won't leave any room for the enemy to try to deceive us. We won't leave any room for the enemy to try to deceive us. But a lot of times when we are going through the motions, we don't want to read the word to actually apply it to our lives. We just want to read it just for the sake of knowing it. Why? Because we, oh my gosh, thank you, Holy Spirit. When you go through the motions, you spend more time trying to look the part and trying to cover up your, your sin, trying to cover up your, your other lifestyle. Then you actually do actually uh, knowing God and actually knowing more about the things of God and actually allowing him to pour into your to your heart. So, of course, you're going to like, OK, well, let me, you know, try to highlight these scriptures in the, in the Bible and try to, you know, look like I'm actually, you know, diving into the word of God and, and not even 
really understanding what God means when he actually said it in his word. If we took that energy that we take trying to fake and look the part and actually do it for real, my God, the growth that would take place in our lives. The growth. Take that energy that you take being fake and actually be real about it. And actually be real. I'm telling you, the moment you take the make that decision, it's the best decision you will ever make in your life. The best. I'm not gonna say and sit here and lie to you and act like it's gonna be easy because it's not, but it is worth it. It is so worth it. The peace that you feel when you are actually, because think about it. When you are living a double life and the energy that it takes to, to try to put the plate apart, I did it. I was stressed out. I was, um, I, I couldn't sleep. I didn't have no peace. I was lying and saying one lie to cover another lie and trying to keep up with all the lies that I was telling just to be fake and appear, appear to, to, be, um, to be saved for real. But now, now that I am sold out for Christ, my God, it's effortless. It's effortless. I don't have to worry about Oh, what are people going to think about me? Listen, because I'm not hiding anything. I'm not telling them on my business either. I mean, I'm just putting my that disclaimer, but I'm not hiding anything. It's the difference between hiding things and just saying, okay, everybody don't need to know everything about me. It's a major difference. It being secretive and being and being careful is two different things. So I'm no longer being secretive. Too much energy, the energy takes place to be secretive. So you're memorizing a sign that you are, you know, going through the motions again. Number three is memorizing. You're memorizing the word, but you don't actually know it. Let's go to the next point. Number four, you are defensive when being corrected. Every time somebody, you know, says something to you, you know, you're being defensive. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about somebody just, you know, come up to you. Cause I, I can see how people feel some type of way. If somebody just comes to you and say, oh, you're wrong. Or, you know, it's because then that that's more the lines of being judgmental. If I didn't come to you, for your opinion, if I didn't come to you to ask you, you know, if I'm uh, along the right path or what I'm doing is wrong, then yeah, you're probably, you're judging me. But if I come to you and I'm asking you for help and asking you for advice, and then I give you, and then that person gives you advice, and then you turn around and say, oh, you judging me. Oh, da -da -da. I knew I shouldn't have came to you because you was going to look at me some type of way and da 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 But you came to them. You came to them for advice. You came to them to, to, to see what it is that needs to be done. Or better yet, if you went to God about it first, you're supposed to go to God first anyway. But if you are going through the motions, you're not going to go to God because what I say earlier, 
When I was going through the motions, I wasn't trying to go to God because I know I already knew the answer. Come on, thank you, Holy Spirit. And I listen, we some of us that's going through the motions, we already know what to do. We already know what to do. But we just don't want to do it. We just gotta be honest. Fess up and be honest that you already know what to do. You already know you need to repent. You already know you need to let that relationship go. You already know that you hanging in the wrong with the wrong people. You already know that you need to stop drinking. You already know you need to stop lying. You already know all the stuff that you need to stop doing, but you don't want to do it. And then that's your, and then that's where you are. Be truthful about it. Not saying that it's right. But be truthful about it. Because a lot of times we be walking and being in this lifestyle of sin and we trying to act like <laughs> we trying to act like we don't know what's up. We trying to act like we don't know what's up. When you know that you're wrong. And when you get called out about about your mess, then you saying people judging you. But you already know what you're supposed to do to get right. So don't seek the advice if you're not going to actually apply it to your life. Don't seek the advice if you're not going to really apply it to your life. So we already know what to do. I, I trust me. I already knew what I was supposed to do. I was just like, listen, I just wasn't ready to do it. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll be really honest. Like, I wasn't ready to do it. I wasn't ready to let the relationship go at that time. I wasn't ready to stop drinking. I wasn't. I wasn't ready. So I just kept doing it. And so I got sick and tired of lying. So I got sick and tired of, of being, you know, fake. So I got sick and tired of God chasing me and the Holy Spirit talking to my ear for me. Like, when you going to start, stop running? Because he was still talking to me, even in my mess. Said, when you going to stop running? Listen, y'all, I'm just a messenger. I'm just a messenger and I'm just speaking from a place because it really, it really has been burdening in my, in my spirit because I've been there and I'm and it's, it seems like it's a lot of it taking place in the body of Christ. It's a lot of it taking place in the body of Christ. And if we want to draw souls to the body of Christ, we got to take a stance and we got to actually do this thing for real. We got to actually do this thing for real. So let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 in the NIV version. <clears throat> Disclaimer, this is the word of God, not me. And it says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. It says the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Basically, it's saying that you are foolish. <laughs> you are foolish into thinking that your that your lifestyle of sin is okay. You are foolish into not taking a godly counsel. Because let's put that disclaimer out there too. Because everybody's not you're not meant to just take any any old body's advice. Just because you went to that person and, you know, listen, if God didn't send you there to that person, if God, if it's not godly counsel, then you should not be taking it in. But at the same time, a lot of times, like I said earlier, 
You don't want to take the advice. And if that if that's where you are, that's where you are. So that was the word of God. Is that the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So start taking heed to godly counsel. Number five. You're satisfied with connecting with God only at church. You are satisfied with connecting with God only at church. I mean, I know everybody does not that's watching doesn't go to the same, you know, church and with COVID happening right now, a lot of us are not physically in the church service, but even even with that Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's let's even put that out there. Okay, we was able to be in physically in church. Okay, you have your son. Most uh, churches have Sunday service and then they have they meet with midweek service, whichever day of the week that is. It could be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whichever, you know, they put it. And you literally would were satisfied with just Sunday and whatever other day of the week it was, or even just Sunday. Just satisfied with just going to church the Sunday, and when you go to church, that's the only time you're talking to God. That's the only time you're even thinking about the things of God. You're satisfied, or even now with us being in the state that we're in of being quarantined and you know being restricted from going, you know, physically to church. You're satisfied with. <laughs> Just watching, you know, Facebook Live. And are you going to be stuck into that place? That when the doors open back up, are you not going to actually go back into the church house? Are you not actually going to go back and be connected and be faithful? Are going to be comfortable with just being at home? Because when we are, thank you, Holy Spirit, when we desire to grow, we desire for more. We desire, we are never satisfied with where we're at because why? God, God requires for us movement, growth. God requires for us to grow in him. So we're not going to be satisfied with being mediocre. We're not going to be satisfied with being the same. We're not going to be satisfied with doing the same old, same old. God requires more from us. Let's go to Matthew 5, verse 6. <clears throat> Matthew 5, verse 6 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. My God. God says those that are hungry, those that are thirsty for his righteousness, those that are thirsty for God, thirsty for to learn more about his word, thirsty to learn more about him, thirsty to worship, thirsty to be God in God's presence. Those are the ones that would be satisfied. Not the ones that are, that are okay with doing mediocre, not the ones that are okay with just, you know, going to church on Sunday, not the ones that are okay just praying one time a week, not the ones that are okay with just, you know, looking the part. And then, the, and then the other six days of the week, you're you're doing your thing, doing whatever you want to do. Because, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. When we desire 
to do to learn more about God. We're going to turn away from those things that are pleasing to our flesh and start doing the things that are pleasing to our spirit man. That's what we're going to do. Why? Because we hungry. We're thirsty for God. We're not satisfied with being the same. We're not satisfied with being where we were months ago. God, how can God, what, what more do you want from me? God, what more can I do? God, what more? How can I grow? God, where do you want to take me? What you want to do through me, Father? What are there some other gifts that may be inside of me, God, that have not been unlocked yet? God, that you that you have yet to God to, to use me, God, whatever capacity that you choose to move through me in, God, have your way through my life. You're hungry for more, thirsty for God. My God, thirsty. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thirsty for him. Next point, number six. You're comfortable with blending in with the world. You're comfortable with blending in with the world. The word of God says that we are, hmm, we live in the world, but we are not of this world. As Christians, we live in the world, but we are not of the world. We are not, we're not of the world. So that means we have to be set apart. That means we can't be doing the same things that they're doing. We can't be talking the same way. We can't be looking the same. We can't be listening to all the same things. Listen, there are some certain shows that I used to watch that I can't watch anymore. Why? Because it's just like, and I see it, I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes it may bring back some memories. Let's just be real and honest. Like, it may bring back some memories of my old lifestyle. And I'm like, I start getting to reminiscing. And then, you know, old thoughts start to try to come into play. And then now I'm, listen, I don't got time. I don't got time to be thinking about that old stuff. That ain't me no more. So you got to be willing to let that stuff go. You got to be willing to like, listen, I don't got time to be thinking about who the old Trey was. Like, no, that ain't me no more. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. That means that all those old things are behind me. Behold, all things become new in my life. So that means that even those same people that's on the block that try to remind you of who you, what you used to do. Listen, nah, sorry, that ain't me. Sorry to tell you. It's not me. And you got to be okay with that. You got to be good with that. Not okay. You got to be good with that. So let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you've been blessed so far. And that you take heed to what God is saying because it's not coming from me. It's coming from him. Glory be to God. Romans 12, verse 2. In the Amplified Version, it says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. 
for you. We can't conform to this world. We can't be blending in and thinking that we're good. We can't be, we can't be that way. We have to be transformed and progressively change, constantly changing, constantly growing, constantly moving, and not just going through the motions. Not just going through the motions. My God, my God. So we talked about signs of how do we know we're in the um that we're going through the motion, excuse me. Four things that I want to touch on quickly is how to stop going through the motions. How do we stop going and just doing, looking apart, sounding apart, you know, just living a life that is not even pleasing to God? How do we stop doing that and actually do this thing for real? Number one, we have to submit. We have to submit. Submit yourself totally to God. Totally. Like doing, when I say totally, I mean, like doing it for real to the point that whatever God is leading you to do, whoever God is telling you to cut off, whatever change that God is requiring you for to do, that you're going to do it without a second thought, without hesitation. Why? Because you like, you're for real. You're committed. You're submitted. You're submitting. You are surrendering yourself. And to the Holy Spirit, you are submitting yourself to God and God, whatever it is you want me to do. Because God, oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, Lord, let thy will be done. Even though I don't understand it, even though I may not like it in my flesh, Lord, let thy will be done. We got to be submissive. Surrendered. Giving God complete and utter control. Let's go to James. James chapter four, verse seven through 10 in the Amplified version. <clears throat> it says, so, so submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart. Contrite means remorseful. Come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. We talked about being double-minded earlier. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble. There goes that word humble again. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance. Jesus and in insignificance in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. My God, he will give you purpose. God is saying submit to him, submit to his authority. And when we do that, the devil will flee from us. So the temptation will go away. Not saying, no, no, I'm sorry, not me, not rephrase, but I'm saying the temptation is still going to come. But God will strengthen us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God will strengthen us to stand away from temptation because the enemy is still going to come and try to tempt us to do what is not of God. 
when we have a relationship with Christ, when we have a, a consistent prayer life, when we are constantly in God's word, when we are submitted and submitted to God, we will have supernatural strength that comes from only God to flee from temptation, to, to get away from it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So you got to be submissive. You got to submit yourself to God completely, totally. Number two, increase your prayer life. Increase your prayer life. You got to increase your, you can't just be, we mentioned it earlier, but you can't be sitting up here being like how the disciples was. Listen, they was followers of, they, are, they were followers of Christ. And yet, and still, when God told them to pray, they was they was sleeping. Come on, y'all. And I'm not saying it's not saying it's going to come. Um, you shouldn't. You're not going to. You're not probably going to pray an hour. You know, all the, right off the bat. For me, when I first, you know, uh, surrendered myself completely, which was only, and let's just put this out here, it was only three years ago, y'all. It was only three years ago. So when I t- I'm a living witness that it can happen and that it, it won't take long. That when you do this thing for real, it won't take long because listen, time. God controls time. And listen, he will remove time out of the equation. The thing he God will restore the time. God will restore the years. If the cake and worm has stolen from you, he will restore it if you submit, if you surrender for real. It don't matter. It's three years ago, y'all. Three. And listen, when I first um when I first submitted to myself for real to God, I was praying like what five, ten minutes. But the more I did it. The more God was like, okay, give me more. Give me more. And then more. And then it, it turned from God saying, give me more. To, yeah, he, I mean, he still tells me to give me more. But it went from God, I want more. Who sarabasi. It went from God chasing me down to say, give me more. To, the, to turning it around for me to say, Lord, I want more. God, I want more of you. God, I want more of your power. God, I want more of your love. God, I want more of your peace. God, I want to see. God, I want more of your word. God, show me more, God. I desired, I thirsted, I hungered for more of God. That's what prayer does. Because prayer is our communication with God. Just like when you're in a relationship and you are communicating with that person, you want to spend more time with them, the more you talk to them, the more time you want to spend with them, just like with God. The more time you talk with God, the more you want to be around him, the more you want to be in his presence, the more you want to worship him, the more you want to give him accolades and give him your gifts and give him your time, the more you want to do it because you're hungry and thirsty for more of God. You can't get enough of him. That's what prayer does. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Number three. We talked about earlier how how we were memorizing the word, but not actually knowing it. So if you want to stop going through the motions, you have to know the word of God and apply it to your life. 
You have to know the word of God and actually apply it to your life. Study the word to show thyself approved. Study the word to show thyself approved. The word of God is the Bible. There are so many tools. There are so many um, great keys that are in the word of God that are so beneficial to your lifestyle, to your walk with Christ. This word, this word is the manual. This word is the manual. It's the manual. How can we expect to have a successful walk with Christ? If we don't read the manual, just like those of you who own a car, how are you going to know how to tell the, how, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. How are you going to know how to truly, because there are people that have cars, right? But have never actually read the manual. And, <laughs> and then there are certain things that they, they don't even understand the full capacity of what their car, car can actually do. Because they have yet to read the manual. I was talking to my coworker today and she was like, man, it's like, it's so many cool, cool features in my new car. And I'm unaware of it. Why? Because she didn't read the manual yet. She didn't read the manual. And now that she started reading the manual and then she's like, wow, I didn't know that my car can do this. I didn't know that the radio can do this. I didn't know that the talk and touch button can do this. She started reading the manual. Eat this thing, read it, and don't just eat it because the word of God says we not must not just be hearers of the word of God, but we must be doers of God's word. So don't just hear the word of God, read it, meditate on it, and apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. Glory. Last point. Number four, commit to being set apart for Christ. Commit to being set apart for Christ. That means that it requires for you to let go of that relationship. It requires for you to let go of a best friend or you know a close friend that you have for years or even hanging around with some coworkers. Then you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Because your deliverance is your responsibility. Your healing is your responsibility. God, listen, God is already a healer. God is already a deliverer. But he wants to see how bad you want it. God wants to see that you truly want to be set free. God wants to see that you truly want to be delivered. God wants to see that you truly want to be surrendered. So you have to make the decision. You have to take that leap of faith. And say, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm willing and able, God, to do it for real this time. Let's go to last scripture, Romans 12, verse 1. We already read verse 2. But let's read verse 1. In the Amplified Version. <clears throat> and for the sake of being, I'll continue with verse 2 again. Verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, 
all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. God wants us to be set apart. Present our bodies, give all of ourselves, give everything, every thought, every mindset, everything, anything that is not like God, giving it to him, be willing to be set apart. And continue in verse two, it says, do not be conformed to this world any longer with his superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. My God, my God. You gotta be set apart. Going on those last points again, how to stop going through the motions. Number one, Submit yourself totally to God. Number two, increase your prayer life. Number three, know the word of God and apply it to your life. Number four, commit to being set apart for Christ. Huh, my God, I know it seems like a lot. Yes, she said, I don't read the manual in my car. <laughs> oh, Lord. My God, I know this, it seems like a lot, but I'm telling you, it's much easier than you think. It's much easier than you think. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easier than you think. But the first step you have to do is surrender. The first step you have to do is surrender. You got to submit yourself. You got to submit. I know it's a lot of people that are on here that you may feel like you're at a place where maybe it's too late. What's the use, God? I've turned my back on you for so long that what's the point of even trying to do things the right way? What's the point? But that's the enemy that has deceived you into thinking that, huh, that it's okay. That's the enemy deceiving you into thinking that, that it's too late. But I'm here to tell you that it's not too late. And if you are watching and listening, and I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit and start with this call of rededication, come back to Jesus. You've been going through the motions too long. You've been going through the motions too long. You've been playing this game. You've been, huh, appearing to grow, but not really going anywhere. Appearing to grow, but not going anywhere. And I feel like I hear the Holy Spirit saying this. Are you tired of running yet? Are you tired of running? When are you going to stop? When are you wanting to stop? Don't you hear me calling you? Don't you hear me calling your name? 
I still love you. I still care. I'm still waiting with open arms just for you, just for you. All you gotta do is say yes. All you gotta do is surrender. And I'm right here waiting for you to repent. And I'll I'll forgive you and wipe the slate clean. Hallelujah. If you're ready to rededicate your life back to Jesus, say this prayer rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I turned my back on you. And Jesus, I apologize. And I repent for my wrongdoings. Jesus, I know that I need you in my life more now than I ever did before. I tried to do this thing on my own and I failed. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life. Be my Lord and Savior once again. Wash me, renew me, cleanse me, make me whole once again. Jesus, thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. I commit myself to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 My God, this was just for you. This podcast was just for you. So that you can see that even though you were going through the motions, that God still loves you and that he cares. And all he wanted to do was just to show you that there was still time to get right. And now you are back into the family of God. Welcome back into the family. Glory. Hallelujah. Welcome back into the family. Hallelujah. Welcome back. And for those of you that may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but as you were watching this podcast and as we were talking about some different things of how you know you're going through the motions, and maybe you just been going through life living. Hmm. I'm sorry, excuse me, going through life existing and not living. Just going through the motions and just, okay, you have your nine to five and you know, you may do this and that, but you don't have any purpose. You're not pursuing your purpose. You you're, you haven't, you don't know why God created you. You don't, you, and you don't have any peace, you don't have any joy. But all of that is in Jesus. There's love when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man will come unto the Father but through him. The Father is God. And God is love. And if you want a life that is filled with unconditional love, where there's peace that goes beyond human understanding, it's all through having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You wonder how we can have peace in the middle of of, um, this pandemic, in the middle of, you know, this craziness with uh, police brutality and all the things that are happening in this world. 
Why? Because we have peace through having a relationship with Jesus. He reassures us every day that he protects us, that he covers us, that he keeps us. So if you want that benefit, if you want that wonderful relationship, the one that saves all humanity, say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. I realize, Jesus, that I need you in my life. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins. I repent for all of my wrongdoings. Jesus, I believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Jesus, wash me. Make me whole. Renew my mind so that I can be new. I surrender my life unto you. And I will serve you all the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. I pray that everybody was blessed this evening and that you continue to allow God to do some marvelous things in your lives. I want to make sure that you know how to keep up with anything that is concerning. I am imperfectly perfect. So again, Follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook and also follow us on Instagram on um, I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect on Instagram. Also, if you want to know how to listen to the podcast, you can. It's basically it's available anywhere. Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Radio Public, Spotify. I mean, it's everywhere that you want to listen to it. So, you know, when you're working out or whatever, or you're taking a walk and you want to listen to it, you don't actually have time to watch it, it's available to you. So I love you guys so much. I pray you encouraged and uplifted. I pray that you have sweet sleep, that it be a portion that God continues to cover and keep you, and that you continue to be strengthened in God, that even when the road gets tough, that you won't give up and she won't throw on his towel. I love you guys so much. I pray that you have a wonderful week and be safe tomorrow. For those of you that are in Philly or in around the areas, please be safe. You know, with this storm that's coming, the snowstorm that's coming, please be safe. Please wear your mask. Please wash your hands. (laughs) Please stay social distance and please stay prayerful and be mindful of your surroundings and allow God to pour life into you, be encouraged and be lifted. So until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.